Welcome to This Isn't About Me, a podcast that's not entirely about me. I'm your host, Leanne Velke, and in this podcast, I aim to have deep conversations with cool people I know. Each week, I bring you a new voice with a new story and new perspective to share. If you resonate with what you hear, make sure you hit subscribe and feel free to head on over to Instagram to follow me at Leanne Velke. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, welcome to the very first episode of This Isn't About Me podcast. And I'm really excited to dig into this conversation with my hilarious and very entertaining friend, Crystal Adair Benning. And I'm going to let Crystal introduce herself um, in just a second. But today on our very first episode, we're going to as promised, going to dive right into the deep end and have a good conversation about witchiness and intuition and all the ways that um, this overarching theme sort of can influence all of our lives. And I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes. So welcome, Crystal. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being my very first guest. Oh, my pleasure. You're in for a uh, journey down the witch's broom. It's going to be great. Lucky I'm you. I'm so excited. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot freaking wait. So um, feel free to introduce yourself a little bit. Give us a little background on you, who you are, where you come from. Oh, that's a big question on something that's called, this is not about me. All right, let's start. It's not about me. It's about you. That's what this podcast is all about. Okay. So my next podcast is going to be called, it's all about me. I've got you. All right. So here's the deal. Hey guys, I am Crystal Adair Benning. I am a copywriter, ghostwriter. I've written a bunch of New York Times bestsellers as a ghostwriter. And I am a former luxury wedding and event planner. So I've had a breadth of crazy experiences, but the one thing that kind of has been the trajectory that's kind of followed me my entire life is something that I refer to as the witch factor, not to be confused with that thing that starts with a B, the witch factor. And I actually started my witch journey, so to speak, um, as a kid, my grandmother actually read tea leaves and my mom can read palms. Super fun. So I had witchy women in my family and in my life as a kid. I I knew nothing about it. I was just like, why do they always know things, right? Like, why? How? What is happening? Like, (laughs) I I have this great story. We're going to go gross to start. All right. All right. Let's do it. Gross. But let's just dive straight in. We just, that's what we do in my world. We dive Right, yeah. right. We're into just the gonna go We're doing it. straight into We're the event. So picture a young and lovely, sweet crystal on a camping trip with her parents when she gets da 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 her first period. Mm-hmm. And guess who knew about it before it even happened? Dun dun dun. My grandmother, who was like thousands <laughs> of miles away. So my grandmother had actually tried to reach out to my mom. This is the days before cell phones. Yes, I'm dating myself. We did not have cell phones, but she had tried to like intuitively tell my mother to call her because she was like, your daughter's going to get her period and you should probably know about it because before it happens, because it's on a camping trip, you need to be prepared for these things as any woman knows, whatever. Um, So yeah, I got my period on a camping trip and my entire family 
and there are thousands of cousins and aunts and uncles knew about it before it ever freaking <laughs> happened and they were right and how weird and creepy is that when you are like 14 and having your first period so that was oh, my I like love it yeah so I mean witchiness had always been around I mean my grandmother used to tell ghost stories she clearly believed in ghosts she spoke to ghosts um I mean we were Scottish so I feel like to a certain extent, it kind of goes with the, the with the territory, right? Like when you're Scottish, you grow up with a lot of folklore, fairies and the fae are part of your life. Like there's a lot of that mystical magic that kind of goes with it. Now, I never knew it as witch anything. I, I would argue that that is sort of like a reclaimed term that really in the last five to 10 years has started to become more popular. I mean, prior to the last five or so years, if you call yourself a pit witch, people probably still had a pitchfork in their hand and were like, burn the witch, drown her in the... I still, I feel like it's still not really safe, actually, to use that word. I feel like it's only really become more safe or that people are using it more even in the last like year or two. I don't, I honestly still feel, maybe it's like a past life thing for me. I don't know. I still feel a little nervous about it, like claiming it and saying it and talking about it. Yeah, I think, I think everybody has that moment when they sort of come out of the witch closet, right? It's, it's like, it's like there have been other words in our history that have moved in phases of being culturally appropriate or societally appropriate at different times and I don't want to start naming names we all can picture those words um but there have been things that you wanted to claim you were or didn't want to be because of how society viewed it at the time absolutely I feel like which is kind of getting its renaissance right now it is starting Mm -hmm. to become more popular people are talking about it I do however believe that there's a lot of people that are claiming witch that don't actually know what witchery actually is or understand the elements of it. And I had a great conversation. So I belong to a non-religious family who obviously had witchery ancestry in it. Um, And my parents and my grandparents and stuff did not really go to church. They started out as Catholics. They were sort of condemned for it a little bit when they moved because they lived in Scotland at the time. Um, They stopped being Catholic when they moved to Canada. And then like my parents didn't go to church. And then I had the option of whether to go to church or not. Now, weirdly, I'm the first person in my family to actually go to church. So I went to a good United school church thing that essentially the whole United church, their like thing is like, we accept everybody, right? Mm-hmm. We don't care who you are. Yeah. We accept everybody is the United church. So I joined the United church and I learned about God and the church through the United church. My parents never went. They sent me my offering every week because even to a witch money has value. They sent mm-hmm. my offering every week, right? But it wasn't the same God my parents prayed to, right? Um, which is generally, while we believe in gods and saints and things like that, most witches, when you break it down, it's not about belief in a God per se, so much as a belief in the fact that the universe has cycles, right? Whether it's our menstrual periods, whether it's the moon cycles, we believe in the cycles of nature, right? The reason we have four seasons, right? There's a reason that seasons exist in certain climates and why we have them. And um, which is really just, we're humans who learn to channel the wisdom that already exists. Now, my argument to my very religious family, because I married into an extremely Christian family and they have a real big problem with the word witch. So it's very funny that I actively say I'm a witch. Um, But 
the discussion that we often have is that witch isn't a bad thing. Whatever you were taught about witch, I don't know about many witches, but I don't know any that are going out and making like human sacrifices or animal sacrifices. Um, there's no demonic attention to it. Um, no. Really, we're just able to channel what already exists and we just work with the elements that we're given. Now, every witch has a witch gift. Witch gifts are often the things that you cannot explain, right? Some are clairaudient, they hear things. Some are clairvoyant, they see things. We all have a witch gift and none of us have all the witch gifts, right? Like there are hundreds That's of thousands of witch too gifts. Too much power, too much power. Too much power for one human. So we all have a witch gift. Um, and even people who are extremely Christian get witch gifts. They just call it something else. They call it, you know, uh, oh, I, I, no, I'm just intuitive. Sixth sense or Sixth yeah. Sense. I just yeah. get a or, feeling about these I things. Get a feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the language we use. But really, those are witch gifts that you're just, you may not have exercised it enough to use it as a gift yet, but you get a hint that you know this, that you can do this. Um, Claire audience, a new one for me, Claire audience has just started for me in the last year. I was never Claire audience before I, my witch gift was, um, more clairvoyant, clairvoyant. I could talk to people and I see when I talk to a human, like a whiteboard of their life, mm. I don't see all their past or anything like that. But what happens is when I'm working with you and this happens more in a business context than anywhere else, because that's my life these days. Um, I see a whiteboard of how things fit, who you are, what your brand looks like, where, what offers you have, and then here, who's the human you're trying to reach and how do we get there? And I see like a whiteboard that shows me the steps. If we do X, this will occur. If we do Y, that will occur. That's my witch gift. In the last year, I started being clairaudient, meaning that I can suddenly hear things. So I'll be mm. looking at someone or look, doing something and I will get a very clear note that tells me something in my head. There's nobody around. There's no, like, I didn't leave Alexa on. Like, it's like an actual voice in my head that tells me something is going to happen. Um, and at first I thought I was going crazy, as most people who have witch gifts do, right? I would assume, yeah. They're like, Scary. oh my God, we're nuts. That's yep. cool. Um, yep. Sign me up for the loony bin. Um, and that happens to a lot of people, right? Like, mental health we question, is it my mental health? Is it a gift? I don't know sometimes. Um, and I certainly did when I first started hearing things. Um, the very first time I was clairaudient actually was the night I met my husband. So the night I met my husband, my husband had a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> he did. And uh, yep. he walked in. And the first moment I looked at this man, I heard in my head very loudly, that's your husband. Oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, crazy voice in my head has a girlfriend. What do you mean? That's your husband. It wasn't wrong. We were married yeah. less than a month later. That is girlfriend, insane. no girlfriend. We got married a month later. The voice is right. Um, this has happened to me multiple times. I wouldn't say it's uh, consistent. I, I actually don't know how to channel this one. It just stuff happens. And all of a sudden I get a clear voice. And every time yeah. I trust the voice, the voice is right. Right. Yeah. So, that is one of my witch gifts, but I think there's a reclamation of understanding what witch is and what witch isn't. Yeah. Right. And I want to go. Yeah. I was going to say, I want to go back to, you made a comment before that uh, whole spiel on um, a lot of people like claiming 
that they're witches, but not really understanding what it means or, or maybe using it incorrectly. So I'm curious if you want to elaborate on that little point real quick. (laughs) So everybody has their own little take on it, right? Like some of us are witches and refer to ourselves as just spiritual. Other people are like, no, I'm agnostic. I just follow my intuition or I'm empathic. They're all witch gifts. Like, I'm all those things. I'm like, (laughs) I say all those things. Yeah, you're witchy, but you don't like the word witch, right? So you're more likely. I haven't claimed it. Right. So you're more likely to say I'm empathic or whatever. That's totally fine. The question that I would have for you is why is witch so scary for you? I don't know. What are you afraid of if you claim it? I don't know what it is. It's funny because a few people have actually said, they've been like, is Leanna witch? And I'm like, no, I don't think so. But maybe, maybe okay, I here's am. the thing. And if I kind close, of like it when I close your eyes right now. If you close your eyes right now. I want you to literally tell me the first thing that pops in your head when I ask this question. Don't judge it. Don't contemplate it. Just answer it. Am I a witch? Yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And like, I know what you're going to say before you said it so there we go like it's a yeah like you already know and the again the talent of a witch is often just being really in tune with themselves really in tune with what's going on around them Um, Mm -hmm. empaths are often people who feel what other people feel well what do you have to do to feel what somebody else feels um most of the time you have to pay attention so if you're denying that you're empathic i would also question whether you're somebody who's just really hard to pay attention do you struggle with giving people your attention are you a narcissist for example narcissists are not typically well actually that's a lie narcissists are incredibly empathic that's how they know how to manipulate you yeah yeah so all of us who claim that empaths are like the be-all end-all of like the wonderful humans that we claim them to be yet narcissists are the ultimate empath they just use it for evil instead of for good yeah right yeah and that's the thing about anything that we deem a witch gift are you using it for good or are you using it for evil and that comes down to personal choice the more power you have the more likely you are to be tempted to use it for evil right but you always have a choice that is why we often you know in children's (laughs) books and in fairy tales we talk about the good witch and the bad witch the white witch and the black witch the the evil witch and the oftentimes it's just referred to as the good witch right but like yeah whether you're glinda or the wicked witch of the west it relies on choice right and there's two sides to every coin too right and there's always the light you're always going to have like the light side and the shadow side i you know in tarot cards right there's the shadow of every i i'm also a huge um hugely into numerology and I love the it. study of numbers, right? The science of numbers and every number has an energy that's associated to it. Mm-hmm. And every one of those energies has a light side and a shadow side to it. Yep. And it's like, which side of the energy are you leaning into more yep. at that time? And it can switch, right? And it's hundred percent. It can change based on the weather. It can change based on 100%. I mean, here's the thing going on. Like your what you're drawn to, like, I'm a firm believer to just follow what you're drawn to. Mm -hmm. Right. So for years, 
the only witchy thing that I would ever accept in my life was the fact that I just, I was really in touch with my intuition. Mm-hmm. I would know in an instant, trust, don't trust, like, don't like, do, don't do. I knew in an instant, I still do to this very day. It's very rare. If I tell you I have to think about something, what I'm really saying is I'm being polite. The answer is no. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> welcome to my life. <laughs> if I have to think about it, the answer is no. Um, I'm just being polite because my intuition knows in an instant whether something's a hell yes or a hell no. I know. And, you know, I was never drawn to any other witchy things per se, or things that witches have kind of claimed. Now, if you were to see my desk at the moment, it is covered in these beautiful crystals. There are hundreds of them all over my house. Um, I have an altar to money (laughs) that literally sits by my desk every day because I work at my desk all the time. So I created a money altar to call in abundance. I put cinnamon in every drink that I drink because cinnamon calls in abundance. I will often clear and smudge my home. I will send the bad energy out with salt and I will lay salt on my doorsteps so that nothing bad comes into my home. The truth is, believe it, don't believe it. That's up to you. It's mindset a lot of the time, right? Like being a witch is mindset. It's also just knowing things. Sometimes you just know. Women, as a general rule in my experience, are often very in tune with what we know, but oftentimes we're told not to believe it, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we're told that, well, that's not the way things are, or no, like you can't just do it that way. Well, we used to. Women used to run the households. We used to run the village, for goodness sakes. Yeah. We paid more attention to the shaman woman in a village than anybody else. Why? For her wisdom. Where did yeah. she get her wisdom? The fact that she had a womb and she was very in touch with what was happening. She knew all the business of everybody in the community, right? It yeah. doesn't, a witch or no witch, what you're actually asking is, do you know all of the things that are happening in your community, in your space, and are you in tune with it? Yeah, I think a lot of it too is trusting, is trusting it. That's what I personally at least have, that's been my journey is Mm -hmm. trusting and the knowing, yes, but then actually trusting that that knowing is, is real and that those things are the right things, you know, like you're saying the voices, the voices saying things and it's like, it's easy to be like, I don't trust that. Like, how could that possibly be? Yeah. And and whatever. So there's like, there's that knowing part, but also like that deep, deep trust. That you have to have is, the trust. It's hard. And that it's, it's yeah. a, and it's a muscle. It's a muscle we have to, I, I think say. we have to. So the fastest way, the fastest way to learn how to trust is literally to trust. Right. Yeah. And it's a muscle that's built over time. So if I hear the voice in my head, when I look at this man that says, that's going to be your husband. And I say, okay, don't have a clue how that's not going to happen. Funny, funny, but I trust. Yeah. And then it works out. I'm essentially showing my body. Like you can trust that voice. That Mm -hmm. voice was right. Look, see the voice was right. You can trust the voice now because I trusted it once and it did a great job. The next time it says something to me, I'm more likely to be like, well, last time you were right. Okay, I'll trust you again. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We're really human, right? We still look for empirical data. It's really funny. We're talking about a science of things that are based on feeling, 
aka yeah. typically things women do not just women but it it's predominantly that sex that that leans into feeling over empirical data men tend to look for the empirical data yeah how, how, show me the proof yeah right? how many guys yeah. are like show me the proof and women are just like i can't tell you why it's right i just know it's right this is an argument my husband right. and i think have like a thousand times a day because they'll be like show me why it's right i don't have to show you why it's right i just know it's right just do the darn thing yeah telling me yeah and if you just do the darn thing i promise it's right my husband now stopped questioning me we're like three and a half almost four years married but my husband at this point just doesn't even question because every time i'm like i don't know it just feels right to do this thing it always works out and he goes how you know like there were moments during covid like everybody where we struggled financially right you know we were both off work for a period of time and you know whatever and we at the time lived on a farm it was expensive we were like how the heck are we going to pay all the workers and like how is this going to pan out and I remember just saying to him I don't know but the voice in my head told me to trust it's gonna work out yeah it's gonna work out it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be fine and he's like how do you know like show me like what are we doing and I was like I don't know it didn't tell me what to do it just said it's gonna be fine <laughs> And that, I trust it. Yeah. That for my empirical data husband was like travesty. Like, what are you talking about, you crazy human? And every single time it would work out. A big check yeah. would mysteriously show up. Somebody would give us a loan. Um, I would get a job. He would get a job. Like, whatever. It always worked out. And so now my husband is of the same mindset. He's like, if I tell him something's going to work out, he's just like, okay. Okay. I got yeah. it. Yeah. I got it. But you're, the way that we connect with is, you know, everybody connects with their spirit because they're essentially, if we want to talk about witch gifts and whatever, you're essentially talking about the spirit of feeling and everybody connects into it in a different way. Some people use pendulums and they, you know, muscle test to figure something out, um, which is, I guess, a little more scientific than many of the like witchy arts um, because it's literally based on your body. Um other people will use tarot. Some people will go to Oracle decks. Other people do numerology. Um, you can do runes. You can, you know, you can love crystals. You can work with plants and animals. Everybody has their kind of specialty. There are herbalists that like literally work with herbs and spices and stuff to, to manifest. Yeah. The question I always have to start with is what are you drawn to? Yeah. Yeah right? What so feels the I, best to you? Yeah. What feels the best to you and where do you feel like you belong? So for me, I'm very, um, I consider myself very like creative witch and very earth witch. And what I mean by earth witch is that I thought that I didn't have an earthy or sorry, I thought I didn't have a witchy bone in my body when I was a kid. Right. I told you about that. I was just like, mm -hmm. I just trusted my intuition. I didn't know that it was a, what it a was. Yeah. But from the time that I was very little, animals would show up for me in weird ways like weird 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 stuff would happen to me with animals they would like you know fish would actively like come up to me while I was swimming or like I would be outside and a random cougar would wander past my path or like stuff that would kill other people or you're not supposed to see I would see all the time oh wow that's right? so cool um, I felt like I Snow it. White for a really long time. I was like, this is weird. Interesting. Now, as I got older, um, and my grandmother, who was still around at the time, she was like, 
do you know what spirit animals are? And I went, I have no idea what a spirit animal is. Now, it could, it could be considered cultural appropriation. This is an interesting experience, right? When we talk about spirit animals, because they do belong to a certain culture. Um, our, our, our native population is very much into spirit animals. However, I'm not doing it in a culturally appropriated type of way. I'm just recognizing that they were right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were right. So whether we yeah. call it a spirit animal or an animal guide, however you want to refer to it, animals were showing up to tell me certain messages. And I just didn't, from a young age, necessarily know how to interpret it. Right? Seeing a, I've seen an albino deer in, the, in nature. Like why? How, how many people have seen an albino deer in nature? Like mm-hmm. weird things, right? Yeah. The albino deer showed up in nature to te- to give me a message. That's all it is. And once I started recognizing animals as my messengers, it's no different than you who may see numbers. If you're somebody who sees 1111 or 2222 or 4444, if you're that person who starts to see number repetitions, the universe is trying to give you signs and symbols through repetition. The universe is always giving us signs and symbols. The question is, what, where do you yeah. tune in? Yeah. And what do you notice? Yeah. Right. What do you pick so, up on? Right. So another way that you can literally get a message is if you're struggling with something, some people are very good at this. If you're struggling with something and you're like, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with, uh, that's a terrible book to do it with, but I'm really struggling with something and I just need to know what I should do next. And you open up a book and you look to the first line. Um, so mine is, I'm tempted any to insert something. The book. Any page of the book, you just trust your intuition to find a thing. Mine says, I'm tempted to insert something here about how stories stir our souls. <laughs> they draw us in, connect us in a shared experience and shape our point of view. Oh my gosh. Could could I have picked that random like any better? Oh my God, I just got chills. That is right? crazy. Mm-hmm. I, and this is, so my business is literally called word magic, right? I write. And what I recognize is this. I didn't go to school to writing. Writing was my natural gift, my natural talent. So when we talk about um, when we talk about our witch gifts, they're usually a natural born talent. It's not something that you harness. It's something that you just have. This is is like something you were born with. You just always showed up for my husband's numbers. My -hmm. husband's like witchy gift or his wizard gift, if we want to go that way. His Mm -hmm. wizard gift is numbers. My husband is better with numbers than any human I've ever met. It's ridiculous. The man will remember numbers years from now because he saw it for a split second on a random Tuesday in the middle of a rainfall. Like he is that human that just remembers numbers. He's great with them. He sees patterns and numbers better than anybody I've ever met. That is Mm -hmm. his gift. So when my husband needs a message, what does he see? Numbers. (laughs) <laughs> number pattern will, yeah. yes he will see a number pattern it'll show up in his work it'll show up in his bank account it'll show up in a check from a client my husband sees number patterns as a way to get his messages I however see them often in animals or alternatively words mm-hmm. and I do this little thing about like what do I need to know and I open a book often um, when I need a message because it's one of the ways that messages are delivered to me my mother-in-law my very Christian mother-in-law who does not necessarily believe in witch kiss her witch gift is that she gets all of her answers through music. Mm-hmm. 
all of her industry music. If she's commenting over yeah. something and she turns on Alexa or hops in the car and flicks on the radio, she will inevitably get the message she needs through the song that will appear on the radio, like clockwork. Um, and she finally that. admitted this to me, like literally less than a month ago. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, finally, finally, she's coming finally. around. She understands. Um, I love the, uh, that book tip though. And it's literally uh-huh. any book, you know, like just pick yeah, up a I book. Yeah, I mean, and- I mean, the other book that was on my desk is literally called The Dictionary of Lost Words. And I was like, what would happen if we did this one? Let's see. <laughs> Tell a story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the line is, I opened the lid of my desk and sorted through my shoebox of slips until I found where Gareth's belonged. So for me, the meaning in that is that we all own something that we can literally find belonging in the words. Mm-hmm. Mm. interesting for a writer very fascinating right um and again interpretation is part of it it's not just the word you read you've got to like you make an interpretation for yourself like what could that possibly mean towards my thing um but word magic started kind of from my my gift for writing words and what i recognized was that so much of what we do when we write is formulaic right? You want to write a great website? Here's the formula to writing a great website. You want to do this? Here's a formula to doing that. Um, think of a formula like casting a spell. Yeah. There's a formula that we follow. If you want to cast a love spell, you follow a formula. I mean, not that I do that kind of witchcraft, but like simply doing it becomes a ritual and the ritual, like there is power in the ritual, right? And so writing for me was always a ritual I had. If I was stressed, if I was upset, I start writing. This is my journal, literally. I start writing in my journal all the time if something's bothering me because putting it down on page either transmutes it, meaning it allows it to let it go, or it helps it manifest if it needs energy, right? Yeah. So I write stuff down as a way to manifest or as a way to release what is no longer serving me. When I write for my clients, they're getting the same experience. I'm literally helping them manifest something and or release something else. Now, so many of us think that writing is just writing. Why is it just writing? Who taught you it was just writing? What if what if you learned that the writing that you do or that you have done for you is actually a magic spell cast to help you mm. transmute something? Yeah. You know, if we want to learn, we often write things down. And the reason why I believe if you look back into our past, the reason why we didn't want to educate people and teach them how to read and write is because magic is contained in the words. It's powerful. Yeah. Words have an incredible mm-hmm. magic to them. And regardless, yeah. right, when we're talking about clear audience, you're hearing words. When you're talking about a visual, you're seeing often something that can be put into words. Yeah. The words we use have magic and power. Yeah. So if you take that. nothing else from today the invitation to you as somebody who wants to embody their inner witch, whether you want to claim the word for yourself or not, the invitation is to consider the words that we use. Mm -hmm. Because if your words have power, what you say has power, what you write has power. Yeah. So if I say things like I'm really ugly, what do you think is going to happen? A, I'm either going to get uglier or B, I'm actually going to believe it to the point that it's a detriment to my life. Yeah, and you make yourself uglier, right? Like you would do things to make yourself uglier because you're 
right. in the back like, of your mind telling yourself that. Have you ever you know? said I'm having a bad hair day? And then what <laughs> happens? You end up like effing your hair up because you're like pulling <laughs> at it and like doing shit to it, trying to fix it. And you're just making it way worse. Yeah. Right? We manifest yeah. that which we speak. We manifest that which we write, right? Yeah. Abracadabra. This is like my favorite little fun thing. So there's abracadabra and there's avracadabra. Avracadabra means I literally manifest what I write. Mm. Or I manifest with words is what it actually translates to. I love and that. that has been around for centuries. Um, it was kind of taken and kind of corrupted by magicians over the years. But essentially the intention behind Avracadabra is I manifest what I write or I manifest what I speak. And using that context, that is the oldest form of magic that actually exists. Mm-hmm. Incantations and all that. Incantations, yeah. what we say, but we are literally, even in having this conversation, you and I are casting a magic spell together, right? About what people are going to learn or what they're going to experience when they show up on this podcast. Maybe they're listening to this podcast for the first time because they're a, they love you and they're curious about what you're doing. Maybe they have an interest in like, what is all this witch business I keep hearing about? (laughs) The thing that I would say is like, witches are not scary. We're not scary people. We're just not, we're not making uh, what are the, the little voodoo dolls and yeah, I mean, mean, at least not in the people I know. No, I mean, most like I have a ton of witch friends and, and the thing that you learn about your witch friends that I love is that every witch has their own unique gifts and their own unique style. I have yeah. one friend who is 100%, she's a fairy witch. She is very connected to nature. She talks to trees. She's an incredible human for all of those reasons. I am not that human. I do not talk to trees. I do not know how to talk to trees. That is not, you know, yeah, it's not a skill that I have, but I can be out in the forest with her and then a freaking black bear will go bumbling across her path or a bunny will hop uh, near my foot or a squirrel will appear right and then I get my message that way yeah yeah it doesn't mean the trees don't that. have something to teach me it means I just don't speak their language right I don't speak tree she speaks tree Congrats <laughs> I to her. speak tree I don't speak tree I love it I mean I love also that like just the idea in general that like we all have our own unique gifts right and like yeah. we all And that's also part of what I love about numerology is that everybody is like, it's a way to look on paper and see that you, we're all different and unique and we all Mm -hmm. carry like different essences and different energies and we all bring something different to the world and how cool and amazing is it to be armed with that knowledge and build relationships based on the fact that like I'm numerologically speaking like I'm an eight and maybe you're a six and like Mm. you're actually not a six by the way I know you're not (laughs) um I could tell I actually really fun game for me is guessing people's ruling numbers based on what I know about them but just knowing like the characteristics of different the different numbers and just being like, this is not a strength of mine. This is a strength of yours. And this yeah. is a beautiful, this is what makes it a beautiful relationship that we're actually all. Oh my different. gosh. Like the best thing you can do. I mean, the thing is along with which, right. The next thing that people typically talk about is having a coven. Now, great. There was a lot of really shitty 
like 1990s movies like the coven movies are we talking about covens right now yeah yeah we're totally gonna talk about covens okay so i mean once you once you recognize that you are a witch what you what you then come to realize is that the women you surround yourself are actually your coven whether you Mm. call them your coven or you just call them your besties or your friends or your girls or whatever circle whatever whatever you want to call them it doesn't matter what you call them they're actually your coven congrats Mm, okay um I remember telling my husband once like you don't want to fuck with me because my coven will mess you the f up right like just as a joke but like in all seriousness they probably could but it's kind of true yeah they kind of could like that's what your girls do right or your boys or whatever but the idea that the people we surround ourselves are our coven and for me I actually look for witchy humans who are not like me I mean, I word magic is what I claim as my primary witch gift, right? I I I can communicate with animals. I get my lessons through animals and through words. Those are the two ways that I know fundamentally that I can be fine. So, like while I have crystals and I do believe in crystals, at the end of the day, I'm also a like digital nomad, so I travel all the time. The crystals don't always get to go with me because sometimes it's just not feasible to take a you know 50 pound box of crystals with me across the globe. <laughs> but what I can always count on is the fact that anywhere I go, some animal will show up to give me my message mm. and some book can be open to find what I need. I love that. I can guarantee that. So not all witches walk around with big ass crystals around their neck, wearing flowy 1970s dresses. I mean, we love that shit, but it's not always the essence of a witch. Often the witches that you meet are just regular humans who like literally see signs they might make a wish at 11 11 every day or they might pull a tarot card in the morning i mean i start there's what five decks sitting behind me i randomly pick a deck sometimes when i'm like oh i'm just struggling today i just need to like i need an answer like what do i need to know today is the only question i ever seem to ask my decks and i just pull one card to say what do i need to know today oh it's this okay great and often the times that's enough to satiate me and support me enough to go okay right yeah yeah the goal is the same as religion we are not alone yeah that's the only goal so whether I'm seeing it with an animal or a book or in a crystal or whether you're somebody who does Reiki or feels it as chakra work right whether you're somebody that speaks to spirit whether you're the person who's mixing up an herbal drink or a concoction in your home whether you're laying salt or smudging it doesn't matter the whole goal of all witchcraft is the exact same as religion, it's to feel connection and belonging. It's to connect, yeah. It's to say connect. that, and it's a good. And the card part is like is really just connecting back in, right? And like yeah. taking a moment for yourself and yeah. connecting back into that when our humanness sometimes tends to creep up on us and also, get in the way. <laughs> also, can we just talk about how much of churches was actually stolen from things like paganism and spiritualism oh in the first place? I mean, yeah. if you've ever been to a church and they're waving around the like, whatever we're calling it, what is that thing called? I don't even yeah. know. I'm also not, I'm not a church person. Right. I didn't so they, grow, I didn't they wave, I, I did grow up in church. My church did not do this, but I've been to church because I planned weddings for years. I know that they do this. Yeah. There's the pot that's smoldering with smoke that they wave, whatever. How is that any different than my smudge stick? Than smudging our houses. Yeah. And tell me totally. that you didn't steal that from some pagan ritual. You know, Christmas started as a pagan ritual. We were worshiping gods, not necessarily Jesus. Somebody in a, wrote a Bible and just decided that that was his birthday. 
And then it was like, well, there's already this really nice holiday that exists. So let's just tack on we'll to just it. Let's tack it on. There you go. Right? Yeah. And I'm not taking away from Christmas. I'm not a Christmas hater before you get all freaking offended. I'm not a Christmas hater. I actually love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. But what I want you to recognize is that just because you believe one thing does not mean something else is not also true. Right. Yeah. We can coexist and literally believe two separate things, but celebrate one thing. It's okay. Yeah. And the thing we're celebrating is the festive spirit, whether you believe that to be Jesus or some pagan God, or just the fact that we're all alive and together, it does not matter. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the point that I keep trying to express to people when we go, well, I can't be witchy because I'm religious. <laughs> what? Your what? religion literally borrowed from all of my witchy stuff. It is, stuff it is witchy. Yeah, it is witchy. Yeah, it is a belief in something greater than you, in the energy that is like outside, of, outside of your human body. Like, What is a hymn? It's the same it is thing. an incantation to manifest something. Right. It is a belief yeah. system or pattern, you know? All of these beautiful things that we do in religion, taking the blood and the uh, the blood and the body of Christ, right? When we take communion, how is that any different than me taking some herbs to commune <laughs> with spirit? Right. How like we have these literal things that are like one and the same. And so the the lesson that I've had to learn in my family, and the lesson I keep offering to my husband's family is just because you call it God right does not mean that we don't worship the same thing right we just yes. have a different name for it I say okay I have this conversation with but I'm gonna be controversial I I love your audience I love you I'm gonna be <laughs> you're either gonna love me or fucking hate me at the end of this but like we Pretty actually cool. all believe okay. the same thing we just call it something different I actually am very much on the same page. I have the same conversation with my mom all the time. Mm -hmm. And she's like, it's God. And I'm like, I prefer to say, to refer to it as the universe or energy. I call right? him like, omnipresent dude who lives in the sky. <laughs> I just <laughs> always like, I was not raised in a church. Yeah. Um, and I've always just been like, it just seems weird to me that there's like, some guy sitting on a cloud in the sky, like controlling things. Like it's just, omnipresent dude me, who lives I'm in like, the sky. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't resonate with me. But what does resonate but, deeply with me is like the magic of the universe or energy, and it's all the same thing, right? Like it doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what we're talking. Like what we call the, it. Here's where the storyteller in me comes in. The Bible. Tell me a story because that was in your words. I have. I have so many. I know. I gotta. I've gotta. I gotta bring this back to story. So many you. stories. This is. This is what the. This is what the word magician does. I bring it back to story. So, if we really look at something like the Bible, I don't care which testament, the Bible, the Torah, any of it. They're really great stories that teach us a lesson, right? This is why mm -hmm. they were written, guys. Your Bible was written to tell us a story that gives us a lesson, which is why you then have priests and people who stand on pulpits and give us sermons and tell us all about the stories and the meaning behind those stories so we can learn the lesson, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
we all, regardless of religion, actually have the same lessons. We just tell different stories. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't necessarily believe in a pagan God or a regular God or a Buddha in the sky or whatever. I, the name of the thing that exists that's higher than me doesn't matter. It's the concept inside of myself that something exists that's bigger than I am. Yeah. That matters. Right. And the stories, we can fight about the stories all day long, but really the stories are just a lesson. So whether you learn a lesson from Noah and the Ark about preparedness, about um, evolution, about the way the world exists, and whether you learned it that way or I learned it that like a pagan God saved us and that's how we exist, or I just choose to believe that there is something higher that created an ability for us to coexist and create from. Does it matter? I'm getting the same lesson. Right. Does right. it matter the actual details of the story? Like, why are we fighting over the details of the story? Because here's the beautiful thing about storytelling. The best stories are always passed down by word of mouth. And they start to subtly shift based on societal beliefs, cultural beliefs, and where we are in the world at the time. Yeah. And interpretation too, right? Yes. And and <clears throat> two people can hear the same story and interpret it differently. And you can hear the same story multiple times and interpret it differently each time as well for what going to resonate with you. And what are the, what's the thing you pull out of the story this time? I was recently talking oh. to my friend Bea and she was telling me a story um, around I think around um, Samhain time. Yeah. And she's, I, I think that's when it was. I can't remember. Like, what is time right now anyway, right now? I'm I like, know. I don't even, I don't even know what time is. So that's a no construct we created too, but that's <laughs> yeah. for another podcast. That's a whole other episode. Another um, podcast. Time right now is just so screwy and messed up and I, yeah. I don't even know what it is. But anyway, she and I were having this conversation and she said, she rereads and retells herself the story every year and every year she gets a different message out of it yeah. and the message that she gets and that's for her personally but then she told me the story and I pulled something completely different out of it right so I mean that the beauty in stories is they change yes they get tweaked but they're also completely open to interpretation by the receiver of hundred percent. So the, and the teller of the story too. Yes. I, and the most classic and easiest example that most of us can relate to, let's move this into pop culture. Let's take it away from religion for a second and move it into pop culture. <laughs> so, cause I love this, right? So one of the greatest stories of all time, I am totally calling it that is the wizard of Oz, right? Okay. I yeah. love the wizard of Oz. Most of us are familiar with the wizard of Oz story, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. to see the wizard the wonderful wizard of Oz blah, blah, blah. there's yeah the Team Linda always love me Linda the good witch sparkly you dress. know what the, the older I get the more I'm team you know bad witch bad witch but that's a whole <laughs> other story right so we have the classic telling of the wizard of Oz and how it was created how it was made right then let's bring in Alphaba and talk about wicked the story from a different perspective where the Wicked Witch was actually the hero. Yeah. Perspective mm -hmm. shift, right? And then you have to sit there in the audience and go, 
oh my God, like I always thought that the what bad is going witch, on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that the Wicked Witch of the West was like the bad witch. And it turns out that if you actually watch Wicked, no, Glinda's actually the bad witch. Mm. Holy mind meld, right? Your brain goes, oh, what am I supposed to believe? But that's what story does and perspective does and perspective changes over time. People we mm -hmm. once thought were heroes. Look at the way that BLM has worked. So I went to school in Toronto. Toronto has Ryerson Egerton used to be, uh, there was Ryerson University. Ryerson Egerton, if you actually go back in the history books, was a horrible slave owner. He was a terrible person who like literally destroyed lives and refused to allow anybody who was not white into his schools and all kinds of shit. He has a terrible, terrible history. We then campaigned to say no more Ryerson. And now it's like the Metropolitan University of Toronto, I think is the official title. <laughs> um, but stories change. Situations change. Perspective changes. When he was given a school, he was seen as like forward thinking and like advancing education and all of this stuff, right? But years later, we look back on his history and we're like, dude, you own slaves. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's no, that's not a, no, that's not okay. But in his day, that was actually seen as a sign of wealth and abundance. Right. right? And we applauded him for it and gave him a whole bloody school. Yeah. Yeah. And named it after him. It's so, so interesting. I'm so like, yeah, perspective. And this year, I, one of my goals for the year is to uh, lean more into discernment as well. And really, I mean, this could also be like a whole nother conversation. Um, I mean, have so many tangents and topics. I'm sorry. This will be another conversation on um, like my, I'm probably late to the party yeah. to a lot of people on this, but like over the last year, I have so started to really, really, really like mind-blowingly recognize how fucked we are in our like the stories that society tells us and like the way that things are supposed to be and and like how affected we are by like Hollywood and movies and TV mm -hmm. and all of these stories and really ask a woman about finding the man of her dreams she'll usually tell you all about Prince Charming thanks <laughs> Disney yeah thanks Disney but even like it's it's Disney for sure. It's Hallmark. It's Disney. And, but TV, like in general, even the stories and the, the feelings and fears and, and hopes and dreams, like so many things that I have picked up over time are not mine. They're things that I've like seen on TV or learned on TV or learned from, yeah. from those stories. A hundred percent. And even, you know, marriage, the, like, what a marriage is supposed to look like is, like, holy shit, like, all of this stuff that's just been put on us, and so, so much of what I'm really leaning into now is, is just like you're saying of, like, flipping that story, and, and the, the Wicked versus Wizard of Oz, like, which, which story feels more true to you? What, what feels better to you? And what do you want to take with you? And what is true for you versus just the story that you're handed down or the, the, the words, the lessons that you're given yeah. versus like what actually is true for me? What actually is a successful marriage to me? What actually are the feelings that I feel about 
gay people, black people, mm-hmm. like religion, like what are the things that are true to me versus like, what are these stories that I've witnessed or I've been told? And oh yeah, this year is like, I'm really like leaning into discernment as one of my words and one of my goals yeah. for this year. Also honing my intuition, by the way, is also <laughs> the list. but it's, it. um, it's, it's just like, it's fascinating to me and it's mind blowing to me. The more I notice yeah. it, the more I notice it. You oh, know? I mean, a, a classic example that I come up with is this, you know, what are we taught about stepmoms? Mm. let's put in a new concept what are we taught about stepmoms they're horrible and the same thing about stepdads too though by the way which came through from my son Mm -hmm. who has told me I don't like you can't get remarried and I'm like first of all not and second of all like he he was repeating this to me and I finally realized it's because he watched a movie Mm -hmm. where there was this horrible guy that the mom got engaged to and the guy was terrible to the kids yeah and like the mom didn't know and I was like first of all I would know like I'm a highly intuitive person you're like I "I got this kid like you don't have to stress but the story that he's seen you know it's the same thing and I'm like no like that's not real life though it was a movie you saw I will arguably say I love your son and I will argue (laughs) that stepmoms get a far worse rap than stepdads in movies Stepdads are often in the media portrayed as like stepping in, stepping up. The hero coming to save the woman. What what stepmom story really teaches that? Yeah. Maybe the movie stepmoms in the very end, but from the get-go, was the stepmom the hero? No, she was the freaking villain, right? Mm -hmm. We're taught that stepmoms are evil. Awesome. Flash forward into every woman who's ever had to be a stepmother. And I myself fit in this category. No matter yeah. how hard I try, no matter yeah. how much I do, they don't. And we had this moment with my stepdaughter recently where she did not want to call me stepmom. She preferred to call me auntie. And my husband was like, that is not your auntie. That is not appropriate. Absolutely yeah. not. She is your stepmother. And my, you know, my stepdaughter was like, well, what do I call her? And Rob's like, you can just call her by her first name. You don't have to call her anything there doesn't, there yeah. doesn't need to be like stepmom crystal like she doesn't need yeah. that kind of title you don't have to call her anything you can just call her crystal it's fine like she only her title is only like in an official capacity if you were traveling with us if somebody asked who this is then you know where she sits in your family but that's it and my my you know stepdaughter was like but stepmoms aren't nice Mm. and you're like and that where'd was you part of that her... story from <laughs> right I was like where'd you learn that story from right and oftentimes they will point to like Cinderella and the ugly stepsisters yeah. and the evil stepmother and like all of that Cinderella has messed it up for stepmoms ever. oh my god Cinderella I mean come on yeah. like Cinderella messed it up on so, so many bad levels. on so many levels Prince charming and mice that turn <laughs> into pumpkins and like when has a mouse ever dressed you come on <laughs> I want a mouse to make me a dress. That I this is all I'm asking yeah, for. I wanted like a, an army of mice to dress right. me every day. That'd I mean, great. Disney has messed with my reality one too many times, but it's like insane to me. But it's that's crazy. literally kind of how we pass down things. So in the same realm, which started out as not a bad thing, a witch was the shaman, the healer, the helper in a village. 
And then suddenly and you the bring in the like church. respected and powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. And then you bring in church and we bring in religions and we get scared of somebody else that has power and that we don't understand. We are always afraid of power. We don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's as simple as that. Throughout yeah. The entirety of history, we are scared of power. We don't understand. So witches seem to have a power that the church cannot understand. And then therefore we start crucifying them. We start burning them, drowning them, doing all the evil things. We, the, you know, we have the Salem witch trials that happen and all of these things. And the truth is you're now seeing a resurgence of, of women specifically. There are a lot of men too, but you're now seeing a resurgence of witches coming back because we are the daughters of the witches you could not burn. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because so many of us, if I was, a, if I was a, an actual really powerful witch, would I have died necessarily because you found a way to drown me or burn me? Probably not. Right. I was probably keeping it pretty under my hat but what right. I was doing. Right. Um, so the argument in witches communities, and it depends on how far you want to go into this, but the argument for a lot of witches is, did you really burn the witches or did you just really burn a lot of innocent women? Yeah. Who yeah. just couldn't, you know, survive the fact that you attach rocks to their feet and put them in a river. Ugh, I can't. How else were they supposed to do I it? Can't. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that visceral reaction is also you recognizing in yourself that maybe that happened to me maybe that was part of my generational trauma right but I think it's actually great that women are reclaiming it and owning Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and I don't I love it I love it I don't actually think you have to pick the name like I don't like I do know that I'm a witch but it's not like I have you know a t-shirt that says I'm a witch ask me how or something on it like I want that t-shirt actually there you go. See, in one conversation, you have gone from I denounce witches and I am not one to I did I'm not a witch and say I, I denounce. I did not say I denounce. I denied. But I do want I the denied I was a witch and All now right. I want the t-shirt. I do want the t-shirt. Someone yeah. get me the t-shirt. <laughs> I'm a witch. Ask me how. I love it. Um, but like, that's the story, right? That's the power of story. Literally in one conversation in an hour, you've gone from deny I'm not, really I'm not a witch to, oh, you're right. I'm, I'm gonna wear the darn it okay I'm gonna wear a t-shirt and tell the world I'm a witch I love it I, love I think it. it's amazing congratulations on your coming out of witch Venus I'm super excited you know you. what I'm happy to be here thank you very um, much d- despite what people think we don't always get our um, black hats and our broomsticks and our uh, familiars as kitty cats um, there are lots of us my familiar happens to be a really boundy little puppy dog um, <laughs> I look really crappy in hats and my broom looks like a robot vacuum um, <laughs> but uh, okay. you do you actually my robot vacuum does kind of feel magical like it cleans and I don't have to do it so yeah. I highly recommend if you claim witch just go buy yourself a robot vacuum you'll feel that much more magical <laughs> I love it that's a great ending <laughs> wrap up the conversation because it has been a very quick I don't know something almost an hour somewhere around there I didn't even time it but <laughs> I know we went all over the place today I hope your audience can follow and I uh, hope so too and I hope that you guys laughed along with us and enjoyed this very weird conversation but <laughs> I loved it this is amazing okay. and I think this is a fantastic first episode and welcome into this weird crazy podcast so <laughs> <laughs> well thanks Thank for having you. me and congrats on your podcast Thank you. And, uh, and thanks for coming. How weird. <laughs> and we'll have you back because we had a list of six topics we could have covered today and we only chose one somehow, oddly. 
And uh, hopefully we get to have you back. So thank you for being here, Crystal. And thank you for everybody, uh, everybody who made it all the way through. We both appreciate you to the ends of the earth. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back soon.